Welcome back to the Bush League Podcast. I am your host, co-host, I should say, Dalton Thompson, along with my co-host, Mr. Zach Ashby. Zach Ashby, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Dalton. I appreciate it. How uh, how was your week? We just, uh, for everybody listening, uh, we just released our first episode. It went live today. We're recording this on... Tuesday, February seventh. Zach, how was uh, how's your week been? It's been going. I'm ready to, you know, ready for the weekend. So feel you there. Yeah, we're very but, happy with the uh, the feedback we've gotten from our first episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. I've I've re- I'm sure you have too, Zach. We've I've received a lot of uh, text messages and. People reaching out saying they enjoyed the podcast, so it's it's good to be heard. It's good to know that people are listening and they enjoy it, and that uh, we're we're scratching the itch of other Cardinals fans. Yeah, I mean, Twitter, we've gotten way more followers and people retweeting us, and uh, Instagram, we got people sliding up and you know asking. Uh, when the next podcast is coming out, uh, been sharing it on my personals. So, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of people reach out and kind of be excited for for what's to come. So feels good. Feels good to know that something we're passionate about is reaching uh, other people who are also passionate about it. So um, let's drop our socials while we're at the top of the top of the broadcast. Um Bush underscore league pod on Twitter. Zach, what's our Instagram? Our Instagram is Bush League official underscore. So follow us on the socials. Um, my personal Twitter uh, is Dalt M Tomp. So that is D A L T M T H O M P. Zach, drop your drop your Twitter handle in there. Uh, Twitter will be Zachary Ashby eight. Zachary Ashby eight on Twitter. One of my favorite Cardinals Twitter follows. Definitely follow him for uh, some hot takes, some good Cardinal hot takes. John uh, Mozeliak's number one enemy on Twitter. John Mozeliak's number one enemy and Wilson Contreras's number one fan. You will it has been today. changed. It has been it is, changed. It has been changed to Lars Newtbar, twenty-three NL MVP. I love it. I love it. That's all right. We'll we'll jump off there then, because here's something that I uh, I want to get out ahead. Just I I said this last week on the pod. I'm a huge Lars believer. I believe in him. I believe in the guy, not at the expense of Dylan Carlson. What what did I miss about last season and his development obviously he he played well and you know he was a great outfielder and and he supplemented well in between pieces he didn't play a full season really but what did i miss that got everybody so hyped on lars newbar i mean he i'm seeing lists where he's ranked in the top five top Top seven top ten right fielders right now that's great i explain to me what i missed what is what what has everybody so high on lars newbar you just got that dog in him. 
He's got that dog in him. And it, I think, also, for some reason, anybody with a double O sounding name. Uh, it goes far. In Cardinals, like, Lou, like, you know, yeah. every time when they do the Clydesdales, it's Lou yeah. Brock and then, like, New. So, yeah. I don't I guess that makes sense. I mean, he last year he uh, – just looking at his – I mean, he played 108 games, 14 bombs, batted 228. His OPS was 788. I mean, you know, it, I, I don't know. I, I want him to be so good just because it is fun to, like, be on the hype train for him. But I, I'm, like – I'm seeing all of these, uh, you know, lists where he's – in the top 10. I don't know if it's like trolling or what, but I, I mean, everyone seems very high on him for this upcoming season. So that's been one of my most, I guess, angry tweets that has been on Twitter lately are these top 10 people who like, they make these top tens of, okay, we'll, we'll take this. They're the worst. For, for they are baseman. the worst I list one. I've, ever seen in my entire life yeah because there's this one i've seen and i probably read or not retweeted but quote tweeted it like a thousand times where they had paul goldschmidt at like a number eight or something yes and not i was even, like yeah like not even in the top five i saw that same list like there's there, i don't know if people are like worried he's gonna just because he's aging i mean he was 34 last season one yeah. MVP. I mean, the difference between thirty-four and thirty-five can't be that big of a of a jump, you know. I I don't I don't have any reason to believe that he's going to you know digress or or anything. You know, I think he's going to keep getting better. He's a strong dude. He's he's obviously got the um you know the the veteran mentality. He's been in the league for like twelve years, so you know I don't think he's going to. I don't think we're going to see any like digression or anything like that from him. So I, it's that's a that's just a, a pandemic in itself on the internet. It's like top ten yeah. lists that are are meant for clicks. They're meant for people to react yeah, to the way that we're reacting right now. You know, so I don't. I try to pay those less attention. But I just always I, I've seen these lists and Lars being rated so high. I'm like I'm pumped. Like I hope he's that. I hope he's as. Uh, you know, successful as everyone's saying he's going to be, but it's—I don't know—I I thought I missed something. But um, we'll lead that into our uh, analysis on spring training. This is going to be a very uh, spring training um, centric podcast. We're gonna—we're gonna do a deep dive into the Cardinals' depth. Uh, really take a look into the team and and what they're looking like heading into spring training. Obviously. Um, this year specifically with the World Baseball Classic happening at the same time, your Cardinals faithfuls uh, aren't going to be present in spring training. Zach, what do you think that's going to do for the team as a whole, both positively and negatively? Well, with us having, I think, 12 of the World Baseball Classic guys that – some of them won't be attending some of the, the spring training games because they're playing in that. I think with those guys attending, it's going to kind of give a, a little more of a, I guess, an edge to seeing some, some like competition between all some of the best players in each of the, 
the uh, teams in the World Baseball Classic, which which is nice. Um, I mean, the only downside I see to that um, with those players from the World Baseball Classic not playing in spring training is, um, I guess, I mean, in a sense, you're you're playing more competitively than what you would in spring training, which could lead to injury. So, I mean, you have uh, Michaelis pitching and Wayno. I mean, one one bad turn for for one of those two. Uh, I mean, that's that season, especially for Wayno being what forty one. Yeah. So, um, you and you never know pitching. You could tear rotator cuff, labrum. Well, I mean, it, it, even as simple as just rolling your ankle at first base. I mean, yeah, you know, you, exactly. One of these guys takes a wrong step, and you know that could that could lead them to to not be able to play for the first couple months of the season. You know, yeah, and you know, in spring training, they they're they're more of hey, we're going to put you in for uh, three innings, and then we're going to put in all of our invitee guys, right? You know, uh, uh, other guys just just to get them some some innings. So, I look um, at the I look at the the spring training almost as like uh, we know who our guys are. You know, the showcase know, exactly, one hundred percent. You know, it's it's a it's a showcase for guys who wouldn't get the exposure or the opportunity in a normal setting. So, and, and with the World Baseball Classic supplementing that this year, we're going to see so many different guys that we we probably wouldn't have on our radar throughout the throughout the course of the season. You know, I'll here's the list of so we'll we'll go through the list of World Baseball Classic guys first, um, just so we. Get those out of the way of the depth chart. These are guys that uh, most of them, I should say, there are a couple um, minor league players playing for for their respective countries. But I mean, there's some there's some top level guys in here. So for the Dominican Republic, Henesis Cabrera is playing. For Great Britain, Matt Koperniak is playing. He's an outfielder in the minor league system. Um, for Team Italy, Andre Palante. He's a pitcher. He played really well last season. He was he was a standout rookie. Um, for Japan, we got Newt. Newt's playing for Team Japan. Uh, for Team Panama, we have three minor leaguers playing. Uh, Wilfredo Pereira, uh, he's a pitcher. Uh, I think we just signed him, actually. I don't think he was, uh, I don't think he's like a, a guy that we've been like grooming or anything. Um, LJ Jones, he's an infielder slash outfielder. Um, I've heard a little bit about him. I think he's got a pretty good bat. And then, uh, Yvonne Herrera is also uh, playing for Panama. So that'll be good for him. He'll see some uh, some really good pitching and, um, you know, get to see some big league reps on a on a pretty consistent basis. Because I, I last I looked at the Team Panama uh, depth chart, he's like their – I think he's going to be their starting catcher. So he'll see some – I would have liked to have seen Sosa. Yeah. From a, being a Cardinal, going out there and playing with Panama. But, yeah, unfortunately, he is not with the – St. Louis organization anymore. Well, we got Jojo Romero. So exactly. That's a good trade in my opinion. Yeah. That was yeah, for sure. Then we got South Korea. Tommy Edmonds playing for South Korea. And then we got our big dogs. So that you know, Tommy is a big dog, but on the United States, we got Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Miles Michaelis, and Adam Waybright. So 12 players all together will not be playing in the, the Cardinals normal spring training activities. Um, which like you said, you know, they, it, it yields benefits, but, um, at the same time, it, it puts players in a position to both 
see meaningful baseball, see meaningful at bats earlier in the season than you're expecting. Um, you know, but it, it also allows for guys who, you know, maybe didn't have an opportunity to shine because of, you know, Arenado's going to have third locked up for a while, but now we're going to get to see Jordan Walker maybe play a little bit at third or, or Nolan Gorman play a little bit at third in spring training, you know, just to kind of get, get different looks of guys. So it's going to be, it's going to be cool, but you know, with, with every good thing, there's a, a also a bad thing that comes along with it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not, not, not to say that during spring training, you know, you don't, Nolan Arnado or, you know, Paul Goldschmidt or whoever is not getting any good hacks. And I mean, it, it is spring training. That's you're there to, you know, get warmed up for the season. Um, you know, so we're not, we're not trying to trash spring training or, you know, say it's not important, but you know, this world baseball classic, they're going out there and they're representing their countries. And, um, you know, you want to, you want to represent your country, like to the fullest potential. So they're going to go out there and they're going to battle. So um, yep. you're going to see some good at bats and some good competition out there. That's what I think that's what I'm most excited about. It's always fun to watch spring training baseball, just cause you're, like I said, you're seeing guys you don't usually see. You're seeing uh, players for the first time. We'll see Contreras suit up, um, you know, for the first time in Cardinals uniform, which will be really cool. Um, you know, but it's, uh, I'm excited just to see some meaningful baseball. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. You know, it's, uh, it's games that you don't, you don't expect to see until June or July. Right. You know, you're, you're seeing, I, I remember in 2017 when they played the last one that the clips and the the highlights and everything, you know, uh, Adam Jones taking the home run away from Manny oh, yeah. Machado, uh, Yachty with a no look or uh, Yachty and Javi the with Javi. A, a no look tag. I mean, that's the stuff that gets you fired up about the game. You know, spring training is great because it, it kind of like it's like a nice little ramp, like an on ramp into the season. But with World Baseball Classic, you're seeing exciting baseball with big ne- big name guys like right off the bat. So exactly. I'm excited. And I was watching the, the little press conference Goldschmidt, uh, Arenado and Wayno were doing earlier and um, Arenado, he was fired up. He's like, I can't wait to, you know, rep the U S and yep. uh, all that, you know, he said something that I uh, I was like he's a competitor, but he said something like this might be the last time I'm, I I'll get to compete in it. I was like, dude, you're like no, he's thirty two, right? Thirty three. Yeah, like it's every three years too. So when he's thirty five and thirty eight, like I I would be I would be remiss to think that Team USA wouldn't want him. Well, I, know, I mean, Adam Wainer is forty one and he's pitching. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, I thought that was goofy though. I'm like, yeah, you've got you've got plenty of time, dude. Yeah, he, so, he's just a he's a competitor. So he's a competitor. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm looking at um. So let's let's dive into the spring training preview a little bit. Uh, let's let's take it from the um. We'll start by just going over the big dogs, right? You know, we mm-hmm. we know we know the 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 names that uh. You know, everybody knows uh, right now on the Cardinals website, um, you know, under their depth chart, they have a rotation um, with Wayno, Miles Michaelis, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery and Matthew Liberatore. That's our that's our starting rotation right there. I 
I like that. I like it. I, mm -hmm. I'm not, last week I was very upset about Jose Quintana. I still am. I think he would slot really well as our two or three in between Wayno and Michaelis. But, you know, I we're going to see – 20 to 30 starts from Matthew Liberatore this year, hopefully. You know, he, he'll he'll have yeah. a legitimate rookie season. Yeah, I think um, Liberatore uh, will have uh, – I think he'll he'll be in the whole season. Um, there is one spring training in Bidey that I think will be called up to the majors some, at some point, maybe like right at deadline or right at the very end of the season. It's, that's Tommy Parsons. Um Tommy Parsons a, is a dog, dude. Um, he's a, he's six in Triple A. Yep, six four, righty, two twenty. Yeah, uh, he's he's got the the making making model of a of a legitimate a legitimate dude. I think. And, yeah, I was watching some videos of his uh, the other day, and I mean he he hucks it. I mean he 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 throws some gas. Yeah, he. They, I mean they might call him up, you know, be a reliever for you know, X amount of time, but you know, he's a, he's a triple A guy. He's, he's a, he's a big dude. He can throw it. Um, I think he, he he's 12 and four last year. Uh, the ERA is kind of, kind of wonky at a four, three. Um, but I mean, not really, that's not something people really have been looking at in the most recent years is ERA. Um, you know, he had 135.2 innings pitched, 110 strikeouts, and then a 1.17 whip. Um, yeah, that's that's something I'm more interested in. I I, I don't and and to what you just said about ERA, I I look more at like ERA plus just because it's easier to to digest with the with 100 being the average, and then above that is you're a good pitcher. Below that, you're not so much. You know, I. I can I can understand that a lot better and it and it allows me to kind of digest it a little more. But the whip, you know, is is still a super important number. How many times yeah. how many how many walks and hits an inning are you giving up? That's something yeah. super valuable to know. And you know, with someone like Tommy Parsons, you know, he throws six innings, he's gonna give up like six point two hits, you know. That's yeah, exactly or, or walks, you know. So that's that's something uh Something to look out for. I, I like that. I like uh, I like the thought of him kind of being on the heels, especially with this bullpen. I'll run through the names here. Uh, you you know him. Uh, you know Guillermo Zuniga, uh, Wilking Rodriguez. You know James Nail. The guys. You know stable guys that everybody knows, obviously. But um, yeah, no, I I I love our bullpen. We got Gallegos, Helsley, and uh, Hennessy. Yep, I uh, I'm a big Henny guy. Um, I think he's going to be really, really solid this year. I'm really excited to see him kind of take another step forward too. Um, you know, being a, a strong lefty like him is is valuable in this league. Um, you know, and then supplementing guys like Zach Thompson, who who can uh, who can really take in some innings as well. He's he's been a starter his whole career, but you know, you throw him in throw him in the uh, bullpen and let him get some longer relief outings under his belt. Um, I think he's going to eat some innings. Chris Stratton was a good pickup last year. He was kind of up, you know, so-so, but um, his track record kind of shows that he he's he's made for the long run. You know, he eats yeah, a lot. He, yeah, he ate, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He eats, eat, eats up some innings that you need. He uh, he kind of fell off a little bit uh, in the, later in the season, but, you know, I think having a full season in St. Louis, I think will do him a lot of good. Uh, he's a vet. So, you know, it's nothing he's not seen before, but 
Um, I always like to see guys live out a full season. You know, I, I think that's really when you can take in a real sample size because, you know, you're, you're getting thrown into the mix. You're finding a new house or, or a new place to live. You're figuring out your living situation all while still performing your job at the highest level, you know? Yeah. So it's a long season. It's a hundred games. Season. You're traveling 81, you know, 81 times a, a year. So, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's a lot. I would say, I would say that, that major league baseball probably has the toughest, the toughest record, like the toughest season overall. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you there. You know, it's a, it's a daunting season. Um, and something too, I didn't go over with the starting rotation. I want to kind of go back on. I didn't even talk about Dakota Hudson or Steven Matz. You know, those are two guys that have legitimate shots with the rotation as well. Um, obviously Matt's had a lot of injuries last season. Dakota Hudson just never really found his footing. Um, you know, but those are guys too, that, that could crack that opening day starting rotation. Yeah. Steven Matt's, I think it was a, it was a shoulder correct and, or an mm -hmm. elbow It was either a shoulder or an elbow. I can't remember, but I remember he, yeah, I think he rehab for like two months and then, he had came some innings out then, of the pen and yeah. And then he, I think he came back and was injured like within the first inning. And then I think he was out the rest of the season, but I don't want to be dramatic, but I mean, with his track record and how much we're paying him, I think this is a, this is a make or break season for him. You know, if he can't stay healthy, we've got like what, 20 mil a season invested in this guy, something like that. I mean, we we when we signed him, it was the numbers on it were kind of uh, kind of alarming, if I remember right. I'm looking at. Uh, let me pull up this baseball reference. Yeah, but um, you know Dakota Hudson as well. I mean, it, it's pretty average in the in the starting rotation. I mean, I can't really complain about him. You can't really you know, praise them either, but, um, you know, I'd like to, I would like to get, you know, maybe, uh, somebody bring it up from AAA and give them a couple starts to see, see what's up, you know, that Tommy Parsons and, um, well, too, with, to, to what you just said, um, you know, we have some, we have some guys on the cusp, uh, you know, We've got Connor Thomas, who who's who had a really good season last year. He took a step forward. Um, you know, Matthew Libertor, obviously. Gordon Graceffo took a step forward. Mm -hmm. We got guys that are right there. You know, so I think I think that those first two months of the season, and obviously spring training too, will tell a big story. But I really think those first two months of the season are going to be a huge sign of what's to come. You know, if if we if we're uh, 20 and 20 going into, you know, May or, or June, you know, um, I guess that would be May, but if we're like 20 and 20 at the end of May and nobody's really like standing out from the pack, I'd say they'll probably start supplementing a few guys, you know, like yeah. just giving some rookies some looks. Yeah. And I mean, all these, uh, spring training invitees that, that are on the list, like a lot of the pitchers I'm, I'm, pretty excited to get to see and watch and see how they react to certain situations. Um, you know, I'm a big 
Kane Kent's guy, uh, Michael McGreevy, uh, Graceffo, um, even you know, Cody Cody Whitley. I mean, he's yeah, he's Whitley. had some he's had some meaningful innings with the with the big league squad. I mean, he's he's a dude too, you know. Yeah. Um, um, but we've got we've got some solid solid depth in our pitching. Um, you know, I think that'll really shine whenever the season comes, and that's what I'm really excited about for spring training is these guys are going to get meaningful innings because we've got, we've got guys off pitching in the the world baseball classic. So that rotation in spring training could be a mixture of, you know, you can see some guys really jump from like a low A up to like a double A or even, you know, maybe even seeing seeing over in Memphis, you know, at triple A, like, um, you know, I'll, I'll read you. Um, I got King Kent's a ball. Uh, stats right here. Um, I mean, he's an absolute animal. Um, in 16 games, he had a, a 1.38 ERA. You know, 52 innings pit or 52.1 innings pitch, 81 strikeouts, and a .88 WHIP. Yeah, I mean, he yeah he's that's a, dominant. He's, yeah, he's he's a dominant pitcher. I was I like watching a, an interview of his. Um, he's an electric dude too. He's got a good personality. He's a mm-hmm. he's a guy that enjoys the game. Um, but he talked about how developing his off-speed pitches really helped dial in his fastball. He throws a heavy sinker. He's got a pretty good slider, pretty good change piece, but he said the jump that helped him the most was not, you know, getting throwing harder or anything like that. He already throws like mid or mid to high nines, mm-hmm. but you know, he he supplemented it with a solid breaking pitch and a solid off-speed pitch, and now he's you know, you're seeing the elite level that he could turn out to be. And he was one of those guys when we drafted him, they're like, you know, his ceiling is very, very high if he's able to develop into the pitcher we think he is. So we're really starting to see that now. He's only like 20. I think he might not even be 20. He might still be like nine. He's just turned 20. Yeah, so, I mean, he's, he's a young guy. He's young. Yeah. You know, he's got a lot of time and a lot of – uh a lot of uh, developing to do, and you know that man is packing. You know he's 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 uh he's got he's got that dog in him. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't turn into an Alcantara situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta hold on to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't just sell ten prospects. Um, at not to get off field. topic, but hold. I mean, look back at that trade from Marcelo Zuna. What a yeah. what a fleece. Zach Gallen, Sandy Alcantara. I mean, that's that's hard to swallow, but we won't get too deep into that. We don't neither one of us want to no. cuss at the no. world right Only now. Only gave up a side young winner. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. And we got yeah. a we got a guy who uh beat his wife with a cast. So Yeah. Yeah. You know. And, and you you and win some. It's it's like the saying goes, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, exactly. We but lost it's always one. like the ones that we end up getting, like, end up being all-stars. Like, last year, the Quintana thing and Jordan Montgomery. Like, right. You know, two – Quintana, I ne- I, I'm going to be honest, I never even heard of him up until he was a Cardinal. And then Jordan Montgomery, like, I, he was in – he's been in the league for a while now. So, yeah, you know, I didn't know – Well, really Quintana, too. Him. Quintana and Mont- Montgomery's younger, but Quintana was a uh, journeyman for a while. He was with the White Sox and then kind of yeah. jumped around a little bit. But I think he's, yeah, 
But those ended up being two of our best pitchers by the end of the year. Right. So I, I, I don't know how the front office does it, but they do it. That's why they get paid the big bucks, and we we sit here and talk about them. I guess I guess so. <laughs> so the Cardinals have uh, let me count here if, uh, nine uh, pitchers on their non roster invitees. You you already uh, played the hits, but Gordon Graceffo, Tink Hens, Kyle Leahy, Ryan Lotos, uh, Michael McGreevy, Tommy Parsons, Dalton Roche, Andrew Suarez, and Cody Whitley are are. Uh, non-roster invitees this Suarez guy I guess was pretty pretty decent pickup he uh he played for the Giants for a little while and then went overseas and pitched pretty well and now he's back so um that might be a solid left-handed pitcher that that can supplement Henny or or you know play a, a decent role in our bullpen too yeah for sure um because right now yeah, we, I mean, have, I think we have two this- lefties on our on our 40-man roster that aren't starters which yeah, is yeah i mean something's gotta probably gotta give by by mid-season um you know obviously injuries are gonna happen so i mean you're just gonna have to put your trust in some of these guys and put them out there on the mound um, yep just where, the, where this spring training becomes a lot more important because he's gonna yeah, get more exactly. meaningful innings and uh it's really gonna weed out the guys that you know, we are going to be mainstays in the in the big league squad. Yeah, I mean, you can get called into that you know that clubhouse manager's office anytime and say, "Hey, like, you got to pack your bags and you're heading up." Like you're you're heading up now. So um, it's just one of those things. But um, uh, I guess another uh, spring training invitee that I, I found noticeable is uh, Mason Wynn. Obviously, I think he's. You know, being a shortstop that throws 100 miles an hour across the diamond, which is yeah. Shout out just bizarre. shout out Justin Justin Turner. Turner. Yeah. Okay. What a loser. Yeah. Now you play for the Red uh, Sox. The Red Sox, who are pretty mid. Yeah. Let's go over this. Let's go over this infield because I I'm excited. I'm really excited about this infield. Um, I think this is our best infield maybe to date. Obviously, Yachty. Um, Yachty was a mainstay and, and is still, you know, very valuable in a sense of his leadership, but you're slotting in a, a legitimate 25 to 30 home run producing catcher and somebody was, who's, which was going to make the, an absolute difference. Yeah. A huge difference. I mean, now you can slot him in the five hole, like you said, and you've got three legitimate power threats, three, four, five that can produce 30 to 30 to 35 home runs. You know, everybody on that on that lineup can hit. Like, Yepes, he's young. He can hit. Edmund, he's always fine. He's probably one of the – I would say he's probably the toughest out. He's always going to put the ball on Tommy Edmund is a firecracker. Yeah, Tommy he, Edmund is a legitimate firecracker. Yeah, and, you know, big, big, big Canadian, you know, Tyler O'Neill. he's going to just absolutely juice the ball. I mean, I see I seen, uh, I seen a quote earlier from him or, or – these are quote interviews, you know, saying he's just been in the cage like all off season. He said he's he said he's on a totally different level than last season. He said he feels like he is just on a completely different level. So yeah, he's got that short swing, like he's yeah. just gonna get to the ball. Um, you know, no one. He's a goofy baseball player. He's one of those guys that he he doesn't play the game very uh, uh, gracefully. 
Yeah, he's very choppy. He's a big very, dude. He's a he's a pretty big dude for being. When a you're player. a bodybuilder, basically cosplaying as a baseball player, you know, <laughs> it's tough to move so, like smooth. You know, but he somehow he's fast. He's still, he's still one of the fastest guys in the entire league. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I got a funny Tyler O'Neill story real quick. Um, so I guess we had a we had a friend that went to the winter warm ups this year. And she didn't know that Tyler O'Neill was Canadian. And Tyler O'Neill, when you hear him talk, he has that accent. Yeah, super heavy, heavy. Yeah, super heavy maple accent. Maple syrup that, accent. And I guess she had. She was like, "What's wrong with your voice?" <laughs> and he goes, "I'm from Canada." He goes, "Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like straight up told." What's him, wrong like, with oh. your voice? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that's uh, the big uh, the big maple syrup. That's uh, we got to think of a good nickname to call. Yeah, him. we got we'll workshop that. Maybe we'll yeah. get a, maybe we'll get a uh, you know a, a nickname train going. Okay. Let's yeah. uh maybe we'll call him. Uh, we gotta think of something. I'm trying. I'm I'll I'll workshop it in my brain as we're talking. But let's go over this mm-hmm. this uh, this infield. So um, on the Cardinals website again, uh, we've got three we've got three catchers on our forty man. Um, you know, obviously Contreras is number one, but we've got Yvonne Herrera and Andrew Kisner. I don't see any scenario where both of these guys are still on the roster at the end of the season, regardless if it's, you know. Yeah, that's uh, your catching rotation. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I'm I, I'm ready to I'm ready to let go of the Andrew Kisner experience. I think he had some solid um platoon work last year with Yachty, but I, I just don't see any reason to keep him around. He's, you know, he's, I think he's 27 or 28. He's yeah, still he's, young to trade. He's you know. 28. He's got a little bit of value as far as, you know, if you send him to another uh, another team who might need some catching help, you know, he's he can, he can service. So I think he's got some trade value. But if you really want to get a ton of trade value, I think you package up Yvonne Herrera and, and, and send him off and, and get somebody – serviceable you know um instead of just trying to dump contracts or 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 players for that matter when it comes to kisner i i'm very high on ivan herrera but i just unless Contreras is like ready to dh in the next few years like i i just don't see any situation where he gets legitimate playing time yeah um i mean herrera um i mean he might you know, but I think that the number two, if you're going from Contreras, it's probably going to be Kisner, more than likely. Unless, like, something happens where Kisner ends up just absolutely just dumping the dumping the season and then right. Herrera has to start playing. Um, but as far as that, like, Kisner's going to be your two. I think the rotation's a lot more comfortable pitching to uh, Kisner more than Herrera, but... Um, I would like to see Herrera get more, get some more innings this year. I yeah, mean, and I, yeah, that's, so yeah, I just, I don't see that happening in St. Louis, unfortunately. I just, I yeah. don't, I don't see any situation where both those guys are on the roster at the end of the year. But um, we do have six non-roster invitees that are catchers: uh, Jose Alvarez, Aaron Antonini, uh, Jimmy Crooks the third. Which I'm, I'm a, I'm a day one Jimmy Crooks yeah. believer. I want a Jimmy Crooks jersey. So Cardinals, call this guy up. I want a jersey that says Crooks on the back. I think that is that would be dope. 
I want to yeah. see him on the big league squad. Um, Pedro ba- Pages, uh, he is a masher. He just hits the ball miles. If you get time to look up his, some of his highlights, just take a take a look at his swing, dude. He just swings for the fences every at bat, and it's awesome to watch. He's a good he's a good uh, good depth piece. Uh, Nick Raposo, um, and then Wade Stouse. I actually know Wade Stouse. Uh, shout out Wade Stouse. Uh, really cool to see him get a non roster invite. I uh, played played summer ball with him uh, my freshman year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me, uh, I'll reach out to Wade. But yeah, congrats to Wade. Shout out, Wade. Um, big things coming for him. He was a, he was a non drafted, uh, non drafted signee. He, uh, he didn't get drafted. He played at SEMO for, uh, I think four years. Um, but dude, he, his swing, think of like, um, rookie year Bryce Harper and then give him like bigger biceps. That's Wade Stouse. Like he is, he just, dude. He's a big dude. I mean, he's 6'2", 225, and, like, there's no ounce of fat on that dude. Like, he just – he works out hard, he swings hard, and he's a just an awesome dude. So, shout out Wade I want to say I played against a, a, a Stouse. Maybe – I'm sure you have. I think maybe he I went have. to – he went to high school in St. Louis. Um, he's from St. Louis, too. Um I don't I don't remember where he went to high school. Maybe I, I played summer ball against him, but I remember – Yeah, I thought probably. I Playing a Stouse, maybe a, I don't know. He might have a he might have a brother, but he's great dude. Really happy for him. But yeah, that's our that's our uh, non roster invitees that are catchers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I it's great. They're gonna get some time. You know, um, it's always good to have more catchers than not enough because it is such a um, sh- strenuous position. So having having these guys to supplement and be on the heels of of Herrera and Kisner is is really cool to have a lot of depth there that they're comfortable calling them to uh, to spring training. Yeah, and there's there's plenty of outfielders to go as well. For sure. Yeah, yeah, big time. Well, and we can we can we can skip over the uh, yeah. Let's skip over the uh, the the infield and do that last because I think that's going to be the funnest to to talk about. But. Um, you know, our, on our forty man, we have six outfielders right now. We've got Alec Burleson, Dylan Carlson, Moises Gomez, who had an insane last season. Um, Lars Newbar, Tyler O'Neill, Juan Yepes. I am most excited to see Gomez get some at bats this spring training. I'd say out of probably probably everybody on the um, on the roster, just because he, I think he had like thirty bombs in the minors last year. Really? I think he led the entire minor league circuit in home runs last year. Let me look. Uh, so he played 120 uh, games between AA and AAA last season. Sixty Split in half. 60 games in AA, 60 games in AAA. And he hit 39 home runs. 39 home runs between AA and AAA last season. And that's only 120 games. Add 40 yeah. more. Add 40 more games of that. Obviously, he's seen 42. you know a, a good mix of of minor league pitching, and I'm sure he's seen a lot of yeah. a major league down there too. But his OPS last season between the two was almost a thousand. I mean, he almost had a thousand OPS. His on pace, his on base percentage was 371, and um, you know his batting average was almost 300. I don't know, I don't know why he didn't get called up 
at all last season. I, it it doesn't make sense to me. Too big, too much depth out there. Yeah, I, that's the only reason I can think of is you know we uh, we didn't have uh, we just didn't have room for him. Dude, I mean, I guess that's I guess that's what comes with the price of just having so many outfielders, and you, that's not even counting prime outfielders and those who play like utility. You, yeah, platooning. Yeah. So I'm I mean, excited to see him him play in, in spring training. I think if he has a really good spring training, I could see him make an opening day roster. Probably and I think probably at the expense of like a Jordan Walker. Just because he's yeah. older, he's 24, he's got more more experience going through the minors. Um, obviously it's less of a risk for the Cardinals to expose the prospect too early. Someone like Moises Gomez, they give him a shot. He, he's on the roster for two, for two months. And if he doesn't perform, they just, they DFA him or they, you know, move on. Someone like Jordan Walker, you call him up too early. He underperforms the hype train, you know, dies off. The most hated. Exactly. Exactly. You want to protect these younger guys and make sure they're 100% ready. But someone like Moises Gomez, who's 24 and, uh, you know, has a lot a lot of experience in the minor league system, you know, I think I think he'll have a better opportunity to start the ro- start the season on the, the opening day roster. Yeah. And I hope he does. I hope I hope he he's able to recapture that fire he had, uh, you know, all through the the season last season. But after hearing those six names, you know, what what is your consensus on how the Cardinals will platoon those guys? Because we well, didn't even we didn't even talk about any of the non-roster invitees. Let's just let's focus on these six guys here because these are all six potential everyday outfielders in their own right. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna see like for. Man, it's kind of hard to to be in. It's it's it's, too, it's so much talent that's in the outfield for the Cardinals farm system. Like it's kind of overwhelming, honestly. Is I mean, you're gonna see your your main guys are obviously gonna be O'Neill, Newbar, Carlson, probably right. Yeah, that's who I, that's who I have. So those three, then you have. I mean, Yepes, if he's not DH and he's going to play right field, him and Carlson probably going to switch out, right? Um, Sorry. Possibly. Yeah, was that your cat? My, yeah, my cat just decided to join the pod. Say what's up, Pen. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. Sorry. All right, continue. I'm sorry. No, um, yeah, Yepes is going to get in there. Um but as for like getting called up, I mean, you're gonna see Walker is gonna get called up. You're gonna see Gomez, and then who else do we have out there? I think, I think the best, the two, obviously, all six of them have a solid opportunity to to start the season on the opening day roster. But if it gun to my head, I think if they're it's gonna be it's gonna be New O'Neill, uh, New O'Neill. Carlson and Yepes, probably. And Yepes, yeah. I guess it really depends on if they need more left-handed bats or right-handed, but having Nolan Gorman and Brendan Donovan already, 
I don't see them taking another left-handed bat. There's just a lot of utility on on. Well, yeah, and, and yep, Yepes Yepes has experience playing, uh, you know, corner infield positions as well. You know, he he can he can uh, he can play both positions on the the infield on the corners. So Tommy uh, that's, plays middle up and then outfield. Right. Donnie plays second. He plays a little. Donnie plays field. everywhere. Yeah. Donnie, Donnie, if you stick him out in the in the field, you say, "Hey, go run out there." He's, he's he'll be yeah. fine. Say, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think the the I think your opening day outfield is probably is a mix of Carlson, Newbar, O'Neill, and Yepes. If if I had to, you know, guess right now, unless somebody gets hurt, somebody overperforms, underperforms. You know, I just don't see I don't see a situation where any of those guys end up in the minors to start the season. Yeah, that's uh, sounded like to see Walker out there, but yeah, I, just, I mean, yeah, I think it's too early. From. Yeah. Unless he just, it will get called up probably by June though. Right. Unless he just absolutely goes off in, in spring training, you know, if he's batting four thirty yeah. after, <laughs> after this, you can't, and even in that situation, think of like when Chris Bryant was a huge prospect, right? He had a huge spring training before being sent down on op- for opening day because of uh, you know time mani- manipulation. I don't think the Cardinals are going that route, but I mean, you just with someone as young as Jordan Walker, it's very easy to to just say you know he's not ready, even if he yeah. obviously is. That's almost that's almost as, like any prospect, like you know Harper. I mean, yep. even though he was—I mean, he was 19. Well, yeah, I'd say still. Bryce Harper's probably the only exception. He, he, guys yeah, who he didn't a, have to go through that, you know. Yeah. Same with yeah. Mike Trout, you know. Trout. But those are guys. Those are once generational talents. I, obviously, we hope Jordan Walker is too. But I mean, those guys just—it didn't end up being the right call. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, you see that with a lot of prospects. Um, that time uh, ordeal, like with Bryant. I mean, it's kind of frustrating because you want to see them up there and you want to see them play a full season, but I guess you kind of it, – it's just – it is what it is. It's, it's I would rather – right. I would rather see Jordan Walker get legitimate everyday playing time in the minor leagues instead of rotting away on the Cardinals bench because there's nowhere to play him. Yeah, and, you know, it even um, – you never know with, with the trade deadline, like, what, what could happen. I mean – Yeah. You – O'Neal's on the last year of his contract. You give away two of your outfielders. That's two open slots for you. Yeah. So, um, I I think I think O'Neal's probably got the best shot of getting traded. But then again, you know, if he's if he's lighting the world on fire, then I don't. I hope they don't trade him. You know, it just it all depends. There's so much that's got to play out. But yeah, I would I would almost bank on Jordan Walker not cracking the opening day roster in lieu of you know these other guys who are a little more established. But one I just guy, hope this, this Cardinals team just does not do this streaky thing that they do every year. Yeah. I just want them to play good all year round. Yeah, but, that's that's the American dream, brother. Yeah, but it usually doesn't <laughs> turn out like that. Yeah, um, but the one guy we haven't talked about that that also has a a little bit of a track record and some MLB experience is Oscar Mercado. He uh, he was a Cardinals farmhand for a, a long time. He was a top prospect at one point with the Cardinals. Traded to uh, Cleveland in 2018, 2019. Um, 
that was sorry i'm looking it up uh he was traded to cleveland in 2018 at the trade deadline for um for a couple prospects connor capel and and john torres who are also still in the minors in the in uh the cardinals minor league system uh had some good time with with cleveland got dfa'd played for the phillies a little bit last year um and then you know elected free agency at the end of the year and that's where we signed him um you know i'm excited uh, he he's got some decent uh you know counting stats he he had a solid like rookie season with the with cleveland he had 15 bombs he hasn't really um recaptured that spark but i mean he's a guy who has some mlb experience and could crack the opening day roster too you know we we uh we've got some legitimate guys that can that can be problems for the Cardinals in making decisions, which is good. It, yeah, that's a good problem to have is just having so much too so many much good talent. players. Yeah, <laughs> having too much talent. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's a problem um, that I'm okay with having. Yeah. Uh, do you want to move on to? Yeah, let's talk about this infield. Let's let's wrap up with this infield uh yep. we didn't talk about the big dogs obviously you got goldie at first um a mixture of uh, edmund, uh, edmund donovan de young up the middle and then <laughs> arenado at third you just uh, at de young yeah i did you're a, are you a de young uh a de young hater hater yeah oh man big time and we did nolan gorman too we've got four yeah. up the middle everyday guys which is, uh, you know, it, as much as you want to hate Paul DeYoung, I, I, I have high hopes for him just because I think he's a good dude. I think he. Uh, I'm not saying he's not a good dude. I just no, no, that. yeah, I, I get what you're saying. He, he's fell off dramatically, drastically, and it's tough to watch. It sucks. I, 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 I root for the guy just because I think he, I think he's still got that in him. I just need to see it. I think that's he me midway through the season. Yeah, it was really cold. I mean, he like four bombs. He strike like, oh, out okay. like six times, and then his next four at bats were home runs. Yeah, I was like, what? He, I mean, but like 2017, 2018, 2019. Yeah, he was a person. he was a, a an all star caliber player. He had a thirty home run season in twenty nineteen. Uh, the pandemic, obviously, you know, he three bombs, twenty five. Uh, ribbies. He had a, a below average, but from that point on, he has been a below average baseball player by a very drastic margin. Yeah. Well, that's why I have Edmund out on my shortstop. Oh yeah, yeah. He. he there's no question that uh, Tommy Edmund's going to be your everyday shortstop. I just hope that DeYoung is I able hope, to find his footing elsewhere. Because I think I don't think it's a matter of uh, DeYoung really supplementing any in our depth chart i think if anything he's he's trade bait hopefully he has um good numbers off the bench and and a team is willing to take a flyer on him but you know mm-hmm. i think our our main focus up the middle is going to be between donovan edmund and gorman uh, you know obviously and we haven't really touched on the dh at all but i'm sure gorman's going to get some time dh in mm-hmm. um you know it's hard to keep donovan out of the you know, the playing field. So I, I'd imagine he'll be running around in different positions and same with Tommy Edmond. But, you know, some of these guys that we've been talking about, Yepes, Burleson, Gomez, Gorman, you know, I those got, are- I got one, one guy that, that could possibly come up and play shortstop a little bit. Who are you thinking? But I'll, 
Um, I was going to leave it for hot or not, but I'll go ahead and say it. Um, I think Kramer Robertson, he came, he came in, he only played like one game last year. Yeah. The Orioles. But um, he's a good ball player. Um, he's had I a think, he's had a long time in the minors too. I mean he's he's been a Cardinals farmhand for a while. I remember him getting yeah, drafted because I was a I was a big a LSU, LSU. Fan. Yeah. yeah, I was a big LSU guy for a while. I remember him getting drafted because that was right after um, it was the I would think, uh, I think that was year after my senior. Yeah, it was the year after my senior year of high school. And I was big. I was getting big into college baseball, and, and I I thought he just played the game with fire, and he was exciting to watch. And uh, yeah, I'm I mean, he's, a, he's he's just a good all around ball player. I mean, he's no he's no starter by no. any by any means, but I mean, he might come in and give you some give you some uh, give you some looks, get some hits, some looks. He might feel. I mean, yes. Fielder. So and and with that too, the non roster invitees we have are Luke and Baker, who is a um, First baseman? big dude, big big dude, six four two eighty. I would not want to, I would not want to meet him in the back That's alley. A Matt of, Adams. I I wouldn't want to meet him in the back alley of a Noodles and Company, if you know what I'm. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to not trying to fight that guy. Uh, Taylor Motter, who who's had some solid MLB experience. Uh, I played for the Reds most recently. Um, I don't know who this Junior Caracuto uh, is. Um, Juniel, if you're listening to this, please uh, please write in and correct me if I mispronounce your name. But um, Jeremy Rivas, who is the youngest guy uh, getting a non-roster invitee, he was born in 2003. Holy cow. This guy is like 18, I think. He's 19, just turned 19. Uh, but he had a really solid uh, season in the minors last year. Uh, very serviceable. I've heard his, his, uh, his glove is what what really sells him. I think he's a very, very good fielder. Um, and then Kramer Robertson and Mason Wynn, obviously we touched on both of those, but mm-hmm. you know, we've got, I think the moral of the story is that we have a lot of depth to be excited about. Yeah. Our, our farm system is like, and again, this at the beginning of the, of the, of the, of the podcast, like we were talking about those top tens people make like, People will also do top five farm systems, and Cardinals are never in it for some reason. I don't know why. I've seen more this this year than than I ever have. We've never really had the respect of uh, you know media. Ooh, the media is you know out to get us, but legitimately, I I don't remember a time when our farm system was rated very high. But this year, I just saw something. I think we're number two, number three, really? maybe. Yeah, the Orioles. the Orioles are are up there. The Dodgers are up there. But I I saw us um, I saw St. Louis up in there. I mean, we uh, have we have five we have five guys that are in the top one hundred prospects. Yeah, I mean, after that, um, during the All Star game, the international versus USA prospects yeah. or whatever, um, I think. Cardinals got a little bit boost with uh, being recognized from Mason Wynn, obviously throwing yeah. that throwing that ball. That was exciting. Hard. Yeah, that's um, something to look forward to, man. He's he's going to be electric if he can if he can stick it. He'll be he'll be electric when the time comes. Yeah, he um he's got um he's got flair to him, which in my personal opinion, I think the Cardinals they need, need somebody. They need, <laughs> they need it. it. Yeah, everybody's just so like you know Goldschmidt. He's He's very serious, and 
I never, I don't think I've ever seen that guy smile on. Right. He doesn't on, show a whole lot of emotion. No, he's not very emotional about it. But I would love to see some, you know, dude, we need somebody like a Tatis or like somebody who, like a Jazz Chisholm. Yeah. Just somebody who. Just somebody who's going to come in and fire it up. I think Lars yeah. is our guy. You know, I think yeah, Lars kind of he yeah. kind of came in and kind of lit the team on fire. I like that. You know, the shot, the the pepper, the pepper uh, grinder. Shaker. Yeah, grinder. yeah. I I think uh, you know that's exciting. He's a he's an exciting player, and I hope he just plays to back it up. You know, that's I guess that's what I was saying at the beginning is I hope he backs up the the personality. You know, because that's what yeah. with Tatis, he's just I mean he's a a, a phenomenal baseball player. He's so, naturally phenomenal exactly i mean his dad was a cardinal so i mean yeah he and you know what that's a great point because i honestly thought we were also gonna pick he was, the cardinals go, looked go over him whenever the international signing period i remember reading this article last year and it pissed me off the cardinals had the chance to sign him he wanted to sign with the cardinals I got to find this article and send it to you <laughs> after this but I, it'll piss you off because he fernando tati senior told him like hey this is who you need to sign with like and, and he was ready to do it and the Cardinals didn't do it could you imagine that what like that that's might be my biggest what if and the second biggest behind Oscar Tavares but yeah I mean yeah, I could you imagine, imagine could you imagine if we right had now. Tatis and playing shortstop I mean god that'd be awesome but what ifs yeah and you said Oscar Tavares as well. Like I, I, I would, I would love to see like where he would have been now. Yeah, it sucks, man. I that's that's the worst part about getting attached to. Obviously, you know it's a human life, and and there's a human aspect of it. You know, someone lost a life, but for for the selfish sake of being a fan, you know, Oscar Tavares, Jose Fernandez, uh, Jordan Ventura. You know, these are just guys that it it's it it's terrible and awful that we're not going to see what kind of player they turned into you know they were all so young and you know had the whole their whole lives ahead of them their whole careers ahead of them not just you know baseball obviously they're, they're human lives that were lost but man it's just it stinks to go to look back on it and and you know i, I wish i wish uh i wish oscar was still around it stinks yeah he he, he would have been in uh he probably would have been a fire guy now all right, so we're going to hop into our top three segment. Uh, that's what it's called right now. Um, but obviously, any listeners out there, I said it last week, but I'll drop our email account again, our, our Gmail. It is bushleaguecardspod at gmail.com. Once again, that's bushleaguecardspod at gmail.com. Send us an email. Um, give us some suggestions. Give us some questions. We'd love to answer some questions from other Cardinals fans. Even if you're not a Cardinals fan, throw us a question. We'd love to answer it on the pod. But we're going to jump into our top three segment. And this week, our topic is top three potential Cardinals Hall of Famers. So Zach went first, uh, Zach went first last week. Are we going to do, like, are we not picking the obvious people? Yeah, let's let's uh, let's address that first. So let's 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 narrow so it. Down. Like no no way no. Yeah, the obvious, the the usual suspects. No way no. Yeah. Uh, no Yachty, no Pujols. Um, yeah. You know, obvious guys. Let's let's do let's play some uh, some deep cuts. You know, guys that yeah. 
maybe maybe might be on the the brink of it or or like on the the outside looking in but guys that mm. we think should should have a legitimate shot yeah 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 for sure all right um do you want to go first or you want me to go first no you go first great good because my one one is none other than my favorite cardinal of all time mr matt carpenter marp the goat i <laughs> I love Matt Carpenter. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's like the not wearing batting gloves or very quiet call. That's why I did wear batting gloves. Really? Because of Matt Carpenter? I think for for in a sense too, I think I I probably related to that. I bet I could find some. I didn't wear batting gloves. I wore stirrups and I wore wrist tape. Because of Matt Carpenter? Because of Matt Carpenter, because I thought he played like an old school player. Oh, dude, he was so much fun to watch. He was slow. He was left-handed. He hit the ball so well. He didn't play great defense, but he was one of those guys that you just wanted to see succeed. Like he was just so he just went about his business. He played the game right, um, you know. And and now he he obviously he lit the world on fire last year with the Yankees. But mm-hmm. um, looking at his Baseball Reference page yesterday, or the, not like yesterday, uh, the last time we were we were on the pod. Um, I mean, he's got some crazy Cardinals numbers and, and a legitimate, you know, tenure with the Cardinals that would deem him to be a, a Cardinals Hall of Famer. You know, he played ten, uh, nine full seasons. Um, you know, he played seven games his, uh, you know, age 25 season. But from age 26 to age 35, he didn't bat lower than minus his, his last season, I guess I should say. Um, he didn't bat lower than like, 270 in his prime i would say his prime really spans and and this is another stat that i like to look at with a lot of these players is uh what's called their peak so uh with baseball reference they they take into account your four-year peak your five-year peak and your seven-year peak his four-year peak with the cardinals was from 2013 to 2016 and he he never batted lower than 270. His OBP never went below like 365. Um, but he, I mean, he was an all star, a perennial all star, um, and just an all around good dude. He was he was the the Cardinals way kind of player. He was he was the guy that Mosaic sought after, you know. Yeah, and he was farm grown too. He you know he was developed. Uh, he was developed in the the Cardinals minor league system. He was drafted by the Cardinals. I really wish he would have ended up being a Cardinal for Lifer. life. But he's a he's my one one, and that was a very easy one one. So thank you for letting me take that. Now, Mister Zach, you may have your one two. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Carlos Martinez. Carmart. I love Carlos Martinez. He's a he's a nine year Cardinal. Uh, he has an overall of sixty two and fifty two, um, with a three seven ERA. Um, tsunami. Yeah, tsunami. Um, he was good but, for a while. He's yeah, a I mean, he was a, he, he was an absolute tank for for the seasons that he played for the Cardinals, and then just that last season, man, he or the last two seasons actually, he just kind of went off but i mean i i always remembered him as like a just somebody who was an absolute dog he was a fiery dude yeah for sure he had he had two all-star seasons um 
he he had 184 strikeouts and 217 in those all-star seasons. Um, his ERA plus uh, during his peak was 130, 133, 116, 125, and 133. So he was – I mean, he, he had a five-year peak where he was a very, very good pitcher. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, like I said, like he's just one of those guys I always kind of remembered him being one of the ace. Well, he was an ace. For a while, he, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think he'll, he'd put on the red jacket. Um, I, I, like, on, I'd see, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, the only pro- the only problem that he would be having is what him getting caught this year. From, right. Yeah, yeah but, that's, uh, that's a tough scene, but – it didn't happen when he was a cardinal. It's okay. Yeah. No one's no one cares. It's, he didn't. He's not a cardinal anymore. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my second pick is going to be a hometown hero, Mister David Freeze. And just for one simple reason, he he was obviously an all star in 2012. The year after he he hit the his illustrious home run, but from that home run alone, I think the greatest he, Cardinals moment. Of I all mean, time. it's it's the greatest Cardinals moment of all time. If you could if you could induct a moment into the Hall of Fame, I would say just induct that moment. But I think he he legitimately has a, a solid case. He was an All Star in 2012. He had 20 bombs, 79 RBIs, but um, he played five seasons for the Cardinals. Hometown kid, batted or he had a um, solid OPS plus. He had a 129 in his uh, his All Star season. You know, just for the simple fact that there's a lot of um, there's a history there. You know, there's a there's a story to be told. I think I think that has some weight behind it, and I think he I think he deserves to be in it because he's a good dude and he and he plays the game hard and um, obviously he overcame a lot of. Uh, internal demons to get to where he was and you know he he overcame them and he became an incredible baseball player so you know i yeah uh, i think he would be a solid option to go into the cardinals hall of fame yeah that's a that's a good pick i like that one all right Zach, hit me with your two two my two two is gonna be hotty toddy gosh almighty ole miss Alumni Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. I think Lance he's, Lynn. He's got world. a he's got an underrated career just in general. Not even just with the Cardinals, but I, I just said he's a workhorse. Yeah, he yeah he's a he's an animal. Especially the six years he plays with the Cardinals. Um, I mean, one All Star. But he got he, hurt in 2016, which sucked, but. He uh, he was a good he was a good ball player. Yeah, and he, he um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, he had a three thirty eight ERA. Um, let's see here. Nine hundred seventy seven point two innings pitched. Let's see. ERA plus was a one fourteen. FIP three point six four. But um. In, in an all-star. His whip with the Cardinals was one one two eight. So that's a solid I mean that's a that's an all-star whip. You know, there's yeah. a lot of a lot of relievers and, and even some starters who who don't have that as good of a whip like that 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 play in the you know that are all stars. So I think that's yeah, a his, solid pick. 
his rookie year, he went 1-1, but then after that, he he didn't even have a losing season with the Cardinals after that. He went 18-7. a lot of innings. 15-10, 15 12-11-8, or 11-8. I like that. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. All right, last round. My last pick is none other than Rick and Keel. Oh, man, the yips. Throw him in there. God, he was <laughs> he was so much fun to watch. And I've actually I'm, met him. I'm, I'm talking more like even even on the hitting and, and fielding side, dude. I, I think of um I think of those throws he had in the same game in Colorado like once a week. He was electric. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good. And like, he pit, I mean he was a pitcher. He was a pitcher a before he was a hitter. I think reliever. I know or he was like a. I think he was a starter. Yeah, they just got those those bad yips. Yeah, yeah, he got the yips and just never recovered. But I mean, he was second in the rookie of the year voting um, in two thousand one or two thousand. Now he's uh, now he does some play by play, and you know he's very involved with the Cardinals. He was. Uh, he was electric to watch, man. I, I didn't ever really watch him when he was pitching because he pitched so early, you know, in the early 2000s. But when he was when he was uh, playing the outfield, it was almost certain that he was going to make an awesome diving play or he was going to throw somebody out. Like, he was he was awesome to watch. I, I, I really liked Rick Ankeel. I think he's a dark horse for somebody that could sniff the Hall of Fame, the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. All right, let me hear your last pick. Okay, this one is kind of out on a limb, but I have a very fond memory of this player watching him. And he only played in St. Louis for four years, but he also played on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different teams. And he had a 17-year career. And I'm going to go with Jeff Supon. Jeff Supon. Jeff Supon. Jeff Supon and his stint, his four year stint with the Cardinals went 47 and 32, had a 3 9 ERA, which. He had a 108 ERA yeah. plus. That's yeah. above average. Um, you no, know, 361 total strikeouts, 108 ERA plus, 4.7 FIP, a 1 4 whip. Um, but yeah, I mean. He has a lot of sentimental value. Yeah, he he's. I think he was the the first pitcher I ever seen hit a home run. Maybe that that's holds why. some weight in your head. That hold weight in my hey, head. Hey, that's I'm, I, I'm okay. With I didn't that. think that was real. I like Jeff Supon. I think he was an awesome pitcher. I remember vividly sitting in the left field bleachers, and he put one right under Big Mac Land, and that was the first time I ever seen Jeff Supon hit a home run, or a pitcher hit a home run. I like it. I, I'm down with it. I'm fine with them putting Jeff Supon in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. I can. Yeah, I mean, the, the only other like, let's just teams. rattle off some dudes. Let, let's let's have a dude off real quick. Some dudes. A dude off. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll start. Ryan Ludwig. Sotaguchi. Scott Spezio. Ronnie Belliard. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal. Um, Come on, you can do it. I know. <laughs> now I'm on the spot. <laughs> now I'm on the spot. 
Ryan Ludwig. No, I gotcha. I already said that. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, that's the first one I said. Oh. Uh, but the moral of the story maybe is. Maybe next time. Oh, that that was such a good oh, pick. Oh, that would have been a good one. All right, I want to I want to erase all of our picks and David Eckstein's the real pick. David David Eckstein would have been a good one. Oh my god, David Eckstein was awesome. I don't th- I think he maybe played like three seasons he, with the Cardinals he, too. But that he gave us that hope for our 2006 our World Series was awesome. He was an MVP. Yeah. yeah, he gave he had that batting stance where he he crouched real low. Yeah, that was my sister's favorite player growing up. Yeah, he David he, he gave us hope for short kings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think he was like five six, five seven. His yeah, wife is like guy. a. Did you know his wife's like a super famous like uh, like actress? Yeah, she. Yeah, she um she voices Ahsoka Tano in the Star Wars series. Yeah, she's like getting big in the Star Wars. Yeah, I I met her at uh, Star Wars night before. That's sick. Because yeah, I'm a, I'm a Star Wars nerd. Nice. I'm more a Marvel guy myself, but she uh yeah. So shout out David Eckstein. Yeah. Final five six one seventy. Final, yeah. Final final dude shout out on the pod for this one, but um, I think that really wraps it up. Um, Zach, final thoughts. Felt like this pod. I was a lot more confident, and I like yeah. that. Yeah, me too, dude. You you were firing in all cylinders. I was. We, I was fired up. Everybody listening, uh, hype Zach up. You know, tweet at him. Uh, send Check him about an email. Six bangs. Yeah, Zach is raring and ready to go. We're catching our. We're catching a rhythm. This is episode two. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, next week, I think we're gonna dive deeper into some prospects uh i think we're both going to bring more to the table maybe talk more about um the higher level prospects and then um you know we'll, we'll come up with the new top three for next week and then uh we'll see where we go from there obviously pitchers and catchers will report by then um so we'll uh we'll have more to report on but um for now we're out of here see you